Hola, and welcome to Whiskey Nerd, a podcast about whiskey, bourbon, and many other things. Keeping out on season four and whiskey and cinema, we have a very special series of movies, Wolverine and the X-Men, and J.P. Weiser, Canadian Whiskey. Alright, keeping up with season 4 and with Whiskey and Cinema, we have a little bit of a different approach this episode. Um, I have not mentioned this before, but I'm a huge comic book fan and I love superheroes and cartoons and all the superhero movies. And one of my favorite characters is Wolverine, so we got uh, more than a few fun facts that Christina is going to talk about. So go ahead. All right, so Wolverine actually uh, debuted in the comics uh, 1974 in The Incredible Hulk number 181 uh, as a villain. Uh, he was going supposed to go up against The Incredible Hulk, and when he found out that his adamantium claws didn't pierce through the Hulk's skin, uh, they eventually ended up pairing up to go against the true villain in the comic. Um, so it uh, didn't come out as an X-Men initially, but actually uh, as, a, as a bad guy. That didn't last long, though. Um, so we talk about, you know, when you think about Wolverine, you think about uh, cigars and, and whiskey and beer, but he actually can't get drunk, uh, much like his uh, fellow uh, Marvel mates, uh, Captain America. So that's a shame and a waste of some perfectly good whiskey, but whatever gets you through the afternoon, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's funny because <laughs> they have mentioned that in many comic books that he just really likes the taste. Sure. It's not about like, getting lit because he, he just can't. Right? <laughs> Uh, so, um, canon, uh, incredible, uh, Wolverine, rather, uh, is only five foot three, um, and, uh, the irony is that he goes by the name Logan, and that was selected, uh, because Mount Logan is actually the tallest mountain in Canada, and, uh, so that was kind of a cheeky play on the fact that he, it's, he's named after the tallest mountain, but he's the shortest character, um, Hugh Jackman, who famously played Wolverine, uh, is most well known uh, and from an iconic standpoint, despite his six foot two stature, uh, and has and was the longest career runner as a live action Marvel superhero, uh, spanning seventeen years and a multitude of films, um, both starring in as well as special guest spotting. So, uh, he was actually not the first choice as Wolverine; he was the third. Uh, the first choice was actually Russell Crowe, who uh, passed on it but recommended a then-unknown Australian actor of known as Hugh Jackman, uh, and it did eventually go to him. A fellow so, Australian. A fellow Australian watching out for, for his own, which it's very weird to think of Russell Crowe as Wolverine. Um, prior to filming, uh, any scenes where he was shown you know, with his arms or shirtless or anything like that, he wouldn't drink water for 36 hours. So, um, for people who are like, oh man, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is like goals, um, it caused a lot of problems for him <laughs> later on in life, uh, with, uh, with all of the, the abuse that his body took on, on having that kind of, uh, view uh, on how his body was supposed to look. So, um, you know, go to the gym, work out, but 
that's not really attainable unless you are severely dehydrated. So also, there's no know. testing in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that too. But uh, but yeah, so um, he's a he's a pretty freaking cool X Men, even though sometimes he doesn't always want to be an X Men. So you know. Yep, and it's it's funny because <laughs> the you can see the body progression of him since the first X Men movie and. Yes. The last one when he was, uh, the last one before Logan, which is the epilogue, and he's obviously older. Uh, it is uh, Days of, uh, no, the, the, at his most Wolverine is on Days of Future Past, yeah. where he's just like, oh my God. Well, like, he goes this from is... the first movie where he's a little Jackman to then he's a huge, huge Jackman. Jackman. <laughs> 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 so yeah, another fun fact is that the second person that they thought that would be really good for uh, to be Wolverine, it was Glenn Danzig, the former singer of the Misfits and the singer of Danzig, which is re- at the time he's older now, but he was remarkably similar to the um, to the character. I mean, he's very short and incredibly stocky, but again, not an actor and a very unstable punk rock singer, so that never never looked really took traction. Um, uh, besides that, so what would be your favorite Wolverine movie? Um, I mean, uh, I mean, Logan was uh, wonderful, a heavy, heavy dark film. But I think Days of Future Past, as an overall, is my favorite X-Men film that also has him in it. Yeah, yeah. I think Logan is a fantastic film and like a take on film noir. Uh, Days of Future Past is really good, even though Wolverine is not supposed to take really part on that <laughs> <laughs> comic story movie line. But uh, but the, I think the funniest one for me is on First Class, where he only has a cameo, oh, yeah. and he agreed to do that if he can only say it like, "Go f yourself," and yeah. that was just really really funny. Yeah, and I mean in in those movies and in anything and uh, any promos done. I think prior to what 2002 uh back when he used to like show him smoking cigars and everything those have all been removed because there is a smoking ban on uh for marvel movies so there's there's another fun fact for you so you won't see uh wolverine smoking up anytime soon on screen yeah on a, a little you know um disclaimer here on the movies you really can't see what whiskeys are is he drinking you can there's two major mentions. One is, and I think it's a mistake, uh, on Days of Future Past, you can see him drinking Fireball, which is... Uh, yeah, there's a, Logan, he drinks Fireball, I thought. Oh, yes, and Logan, you're right. And Logan, it makes no sense because Wolverine will not be drinking a flavor <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. whiskey. And on the Wolverine, the one that takes uh, place in Japan, is a visible bottle of a very old uh, Yamasaki whiskey, which he actually doesn't really consume. But taking the canon of uh, of the character and the comic books he is very very fond of canadian whiskey and jp weiser is the oldest canadian whiskey so there you go this is the link and the selection for this episode john philip jp weiser purchased a distillery in prescott ontario in 1857 around the time where logan was born <laughs> and began to produce uh, Weiser's whiskey. In fact, it might have been J.P. Weiser who first used the term Canadian whiskey on a whiskey label, then he introduced his spirit to the world at the Chicago War Fair in 1893. From the beginning, J.P. Weiser established his brand as a quality whiskey, 
with high standards of production, and as a result, the distillery grew side by side with the popularity of Weiser style of whiskey. And by the early 1900s, Weiser's was the third largest distillery in Canada. The company merged with the H. Corby Distillery Company after the death of JP in 1917. Shortly after, after 1932, the production of Weiser's brand moved to the Corby Distillery. A controlling interest in the Corby Distillery was acquired by Hiram Walker and seven years later, and then by 1989, the Corby Distillery was closed and all production was moved to the Hiram Walker Distillery. Today, Weiser's is distilled at the Hiram Walker in Walkerville, Ontario, and each of the facilities at Pike Creek nearby Lakeshore, Ontario. To all these changes, the Weiser's brand has been recognized as a vital component on all the portfolios of the brands. The whiskey has undergone a little bit of a facelift recently and has a new bottle and label that has been rolled out. In fact, the entire Warsaw's family of whiskeys has undergone a little bit of a rebranding, and the company now refers itself as JP Weisers rather than just Weisers. Uh, the ties with the whiskey more try to they try to tie more directly with the prestigious founder, and maybe that signals that the whiskey company is beginning to see the ties to the historical past as something to be embraced. Additionally, the whiskey now carries the name rye on the label, thus it refers to the particular brand and style of the Canadian rye whiskey. This could, this could really signal a stronger rye presence on the whiskey as the time goes by, and it's an acknowledgement that all Canadian whiskies which carry a little bit of rye over the flavor profile should be labeled as rye. Some of the specs of this whiskey, uh, the alcohol volume is 40% or 80 proof for American listeners. It's a Canadian right whiskey. It's a non-age specification, the, one, the bottle that I have, the NAS. Uh, the color, it is when I poured the whiskey into my Glencairn glass, I saw that it has a very nice amber color and immediately I, I could sense the, the depth of the complexity of the mix that it has. Uh, moved it a little bit and show it, put it on a line sheet of glass, it showed that it has a very slender leg, so not a lot of sugar in the mix. Uh, the nose, it really breathes over the glass and it's the aromas are tainted with maple and butterscotch scents. However, the dry wood and rice spices, they just come out galloping. And there's a little bit of orange peel mixed into the spiciness and some impression of fresh grain and light impression of baking spice. Uh, I think I felt a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of cinnamon, but very, very light. And um, I do like Canadian whiskey and I'm uh, very pleased by the aroma. I gotta say that, uh, to be fair, it has a little bit of astringency there. So as with every rye, it's very sharp. Uh, for the taste, I gotta say my first impression is that the whiskey is very right forward and it has a very lightly sweet butterscotch and wood spices, but it is sharp. Uh, there's something appealing about to the dry, uh, rye-like bitterness that presents around the flavors, but uh, it, it it's very woodsy. It has a little bit of wood sap, almond, and tobacco. Um, some sense of orange peel, but the rice is overpowering. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, the whiskey is evidently a very young whiskey. I will say it's three years of less, but uh, it's strong. Uh, and it's something that I would probably enjoy more with ice or as a mixer, since rye is, I do like them, but I, 
I have to learn more about it because it's a very strong, very sharp flavor. Uh, the body in the end is the exit is, is peppery. It has a lot of wood spice and maple flavors. They, they do tease the palates afterwards. And the finish is, uh, is moderately dry, even though there's some sweetness to carry the spice. Uh, I did my, my tasting, you know, the, the three stages that I actually do, but the, the neat one, I noticed the, the stringency and the, and the alcohol burn. Not as powerful as I thought it would be, but it is... Uh, it fades out quite well and got some flavors and notes of... Uh, of stone fruits and milk chocolate. I gotta say it is a harsh whiskey and it's very suitable for co uh, cocktail mixing. It's not too fancy, not like Logan <laughs> and let me not run around the edges, but it's uh, a passable whiskey and it's pretty good. So I gotta give it a seven out of 10. All right, that's the end of today's episode. As always, uh, you can listen to Whiskey Nerd in English or in Spanish and Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, uh, Radio Public, and now also on Overcast. You can find me, um, you can contact me on uh, via email at elk.whiskey.nerd at gmail.com or on Instagram, which is where I'm the most active. Uh, the, my handle is at elwhiskeynerd. As always, Thank you for the preference. I hope you have a very, very happy day and salud.